When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. It's a feel-good Monday here on uh, Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. You know, I've I, well, this is our, we're heading into our fourth hour, and I just for the first time listened to that. <laughs> I didn't know there was choreographed hand movements. That's on me, though. That's on me. Shane Cornette filling in for Freddie here on a Monday where we've got a doubleheader on Monday Night Football. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, before we do that, we are lucky enough to be joined by Kirk Cousins, Minnesota Vikings quarterback, here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Kirk, thanks for taking the time on what we know is a busy Monday for you, obviously coming off the weekend, and then what we're about to see here on Monday night. Um, before we get into any football talk, Let's start with the reason that you're here. You're brought to us by Kidda and the partnership that you had. What have? What is the mission for families across the country in this partnership you have with Kidda? Yeah, so Kidda is a global leader in fire safety. They're now in year two of their Cause for Alarm campaign, and I'm the father of two young boys, and so I know it's important that you know our home is equipped with the proper fire safety uh, equipment. And seventy uh, percent of Americans, according to the NFPA, uh, have said that uh, their homes are not properly up to speed with fire safety equipment and, and detection. And so many of us think that the batteries are good, that the equipment will last forever, but it has a lifespan of about 10 years. The batteries have to be changed much more frequently than that. And so just this campaign is built around this jingle that's titled beeps that last get out fast. And so it's important that, you know, we all understand that our fire safety equipment needs to be kept up to date and, and checked in with it. I know it's not on the top of our minds when we wake up in the morning, but that's what it's all, this campaign's all about. And so, uh, you can learn more at causeforalarm.org, but uh, that's why I'm here. That's that's what I'm doing, and uh, um, it's peace of mind knowing that you can that your kids are safe and your family's safe. That's a good di- good thing, Kirk, and also a big deal in my opinion because safety is always first. Now, let's get to your football team in the Minnesota Vikings. How can you guys turn things around at the two very close losses? I thought you had easily could have won your first game and also could have won the game versus the Philadelphia Eagles, but the turnovers, I think, in both of yeah. those games kind of negate what y'all want to do. Uh, we'll kind of negate the outcome of the game. So how can you guys turn things around? No, you're exactly right as, as we want to analyze – why we're 0-2, you just don't have to look too far. You know, we've turned the ball over seven times. Our turnover differential is minus six. And being that that's already such a critical stat to winning, uh, I would have told you, of course, we're going to be 0-2 if that's where we are from a turnover standpoint. So, um, you know, we've dug ourselves a bit of a hole, and it's something that we've got to clean up. And by the time we get to the end of the season, you know, that turnover margin needs to be in the pluses and preferably, you know, double digits. And so um, that's what we're working towards. Okay, talking to Kirk Cousins right now, Minnesota Vikings quarterback here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Shea Cornette filling in for Freddie as well. Um, okay, let's talk about your wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, because I think there's no surprise to you that this is a guy that like everyone in the world took with their number one pick on their fantasy teams. What makes him so special, and how lucky do you feel to have him as your number one guy? Yeah, we're fortunate to have drafted him, to have him um... – He's such a complete player. He's done it now going on the last three years. This is now his fourth year. And, you know, Kevin's done a phenomenal job of continuing to be creative about how he's getting the football. Otherwise, defenses will start to just 
double him and, and send more players his way. And, and I think our coach has done a good job of, of getting creative so that they can't do that. And, um, you know, we're fortunate to have him. Now, Kirk, you, you look at how your team started 0-2 right now. There have been a, a lot of talk across the National Football League and also media outlets about a lot of a lot of teams think you should go to the New York Jets because they have a quarterback issue. Being a quarterback and hearing that from people in your position, and I know you have a no-trade clause in your contract, what's your mindset behind that logic that you should go to the New York Jets? Yeah, I'm pretty much just focused on life here in Minnesota. I got enough to worry about with uh, the Chargers coming this week, and uh, I understand people have to fill radio shows and, and talk sports and all that. And that's that's all well and good, but that's not really my job or my focus. So, um, you know, I'm focused on being with the Vikings, hopefully for as long as I can, and then my career here, and um, you know, and, and win as many games as we can. Okay, Kirk, I'm not trying to press the issue here, but I feel like I have to follow up on it a little bit. Is it difficult to kind of tune out those kinds of storylines or whatnot? Because you're right, a lot of sports media is talking about that right now. How do you tune it out, and how do you focus on your Minnesota Vikings team right now? I actually really enjoy tuning it out. <laughs> we actually, you know, the TVs in the building at the practice facility, we always say, hey, put it on the hunting channel, the tennis channel, the golf channel. Like, the last thing we want it on is people making hot takes. So, uh we kind of insulate ourselves, you know, on my car rides to and from work. I'm calling family members, listening to music at home. I'm, you know, just kind of doing my own thing. So we kind of just live life, ignoring the noise. It's just kind of a way of life in pro football because there will always be noise. And that's part of what makes the league fun. But it's not necessarily for us as players to engage with. It's more for the fans and for the community. And our job is to go in and prepare for our opponent and do the best we can executing on Sundays. All right, let's get back to your own team, the Minnesota Vikings. What have you seen so far from first-round draft pick, the wide receiver Jordan Addison? Does he remind you some of what Justin Jefferson looked like when he came into the league? So Jordan's just a really natural receiver. I always tell people I can totally see why he won the Boletnikoff Award a couple years ago when he was at Pitt because playing the position is just so natural for him and everything from route running to tracking the football to making the tough catch in traffic um, he's just very smooth. He's in and out of his cuts and his breaks with a lot of natural fluidity. There are so many great athletes who, when they run routes, just don't quite look natural at it. And Jordan's someone who does. And so really can separate himself just on that fact alone. And it's still so early. You know, he was out much of OTAs and out a little bit of training camp. So we haven't gotten a lot of work together. But I'm very excited about his future as a player in this league and the fact that we get him because – uh, he can really help us. He can take pressure off Justin. He can take pressure off TJ Hawkinson. And, um, you know, when we go to the line of scrimmage and you feel like you've got a great weapon at all five skill positions, that's a very empowering feeling as quarterback. Talking to Kirk Cousins right now, Minnesota Vikings quarterback here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. And, Kirk, you mentioned the game you guys have coming up this weekend against the Chargers. You guys are in similar situations, both the Vikings and Chargers 0-2 heading into this game. And, and your squad, a little bit of extra rest on your side. And so knowing that both teams kind of having the same mindset going into this weekend, how do you tackle such, such a good challenge on Sunday? Yeah, no, great question. The Chargers are a great defense, uh, big-time players. Uh, they were a playoff team last year for a reason. Um, you know, I think it's just the way this league works that, just like us, you know, we've lost two games by a total of nine points. They lost a game just the other day in overtime. Um, you know, it's just the league is tough, and, and the records you kind of, especially this early, you kind of throw those out and just say, hey, you know, this is a really good football team, and we've got a big test coming to town. So, Got to have a great week of preparation and then be at our best on Sunday when our best is required, and uh, that's the plan. 
Kurt, last one we have for you. I got to take you back to your Washington days. I want to know what made you say you like that? What built you up to say that? Because, you know, it, it, did, did it come from somewhere deep down in your soul? Talk to us. Tell the people, man. <laughs> well, with the way I said it, it must have. Uh, and with the way it stuck with me this long, it must have. But uh, uh, it was kind of something I would say to my roommate at the time, a teammate of mine, Tom Compton. We would say it back and forth to each other as a joke. And then I started saying it at practice. If we hit a pass on the defense, I'd say it to the defense or to the coaches or whatever it may be. And so I had started saying it enough where it was just sort of instinctual for me to say it. And then, sure enough, after a big win against Tampa, we had that big comeback. I uh, was in the tunnel and said it to somebody there in the tunnel. And I didn't realize cameras were rolling quite then in that moment. I really didn't say it to a camera. I said it to a person. And, um, and then I got to the parking lot after the game, and my wife said, You're, what you said is all over the Internet. What were you doing? What were you saying? And I, I thought, I don't know. I, I, I almost just pushed it aside. I hadn't even remembered it. So it was just funny to see how it all works. And it's cool, you know, when you have passion and, and you know, wear your emotions on your sleeve. Sometimes that can be a really cool thing. Okay, where are the chains? Kirk, where are they? Do they come back out at some point this season? Tell us the truth. Well, 0-2 is a tough recipe for chains, but I can tell you that uh, wins are, are a great way to get them back. So we got to get on a, back to our winning ways, and uh, I would love to – believe me, I would love to see them back just as much as anybody. <laughs> you tell those dudes in the locker room that. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll turn the tide. Kirk Cousins, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Good luck on Sunday. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. See you later. That's Kirk Cousins, Minnesota Vikings quarterback, joining us here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN App Series XM Channel 80. All right, Harry. So so funny story about Kirk Cousins. We played against him his rookie year. Um, RG3 was there as well. RG3 gets knocked out of the game. He comes in, and we're like, okay, we got this now. And throws a touchdown pass to Santana Moss right down the middle of the field. And I was like, oh, So you don't hell. got it. <laughs> so you don't <laughs> I was got like, it. oh, man, I hope this ends well. That's a funny story, man, about that I have about, with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, is he, you're like, oh, I thought I had this dude and I don't. Um, nice of him to join the show. Let's talk about the headliner because we wanted to ask him about the Jet situation. He shut it down immediately, tunes out all the noise. We knew he was going to say it. Like, Harry, this is what we thought he would say. He's going to focus on his team right now. What else is there to say? But there was really no wiggle in his voice. I mean, and to me, this is what you expect, right? Like, Kirk Cousins isn't going to listen to anything or have anything to do with anything until truly the Vikings are maybe in a situation where they they aren't competitive for the postseason. Right? Well, honestly, even then, he doesn't have to because we got to remember he has a no trade clause in, in, in his contract. So if Kirk Cousins doesn't want to pull that plug, the plug is not getting pulled. Yeah. No matter what, what other people say and what other people think, he has to sign off on that and say, you know what? Yes, I'm with you. I'm with being traded and I'll, I'll go where y'all are trying to send me. But other okay. than that, he don't have to listen to any of it. Okay, so then let's stay, let's stay with the Jets. Can they win without anyone besides Zach Wilson this season? Woo. Um, watching Zach Wilson, and it's hard. I want to see another game from Zach because it's hard uh, when, I'm, why? when I'm. Because how many quarterbacks are going to have success? Literally, literally, success against the Dallas Cowboys defense. No, I, you're right. So, th- so that's why I want to see him in a, in, a, in, a, in another game to make sure. I don't want to say make sure because I want to pray on his downfall, but. Uh, I'm leaning towards them having someone else be their quarterback so they can try to get to a playoff, have a playoff berth. But I want to see another week of Zach Wilson first. 
I hear you. Um, I just feel like this isn't our only sample size of him. Like, we've seen him last year. We've seen him this year. We've seen his highs, his lows, his ceiling. I don't know that there's much more to learn. What worries me Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator. Stick to the script. But Nathaniel Hackett, first of all, Nathaniel Hackett was brought to the Broncos because I think they thought they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. It's tr- I will I will die on that sword. Like, I, I truly believe that. And then he was brought to the Jets for the same reason, because they were getting Aaron Rodgers. He is brought around to a- help Aaron Rodgers play at an MVP level. And anyone else, I don't think he can do that with. Exhibit A is Russell Wilson. Exhibit B is going to be Zach Wilson and what he, <laughs> they did against the Cowboys. Like, truthfully, I don't think Nathaniel Hackett is going to be the savior that saves Zach Wilson. If there's anything, it's the summer that he spent with Aaron Rodgers. That's well, the only can, thing that I do, think maybe... I mean, I just don't understand. He can't do, though, what he did this weekend, though, Shay. He has to understand there's a game plan right now. With the defense and, and the way the Jets play football, you have to come out with the game plan of running the football. Like, But that was not the game plan versus the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know that we've seen Zach Wilson execute a game plan the way that he needs to to be a winning quarterback in this league. This is what that, that I'm was, not... That was Dan Orlowski's take, like, too. Oh, I didn't hear him say that. Truth well, well, he, he said, like, you know, Zach Wilson is not a game manager, so... He's not, to, a cat, like, he's, not, he's not that dude yet. And maybe it'll come, but, like, and I'm not trying to, like, rub salt in the wound, but I just think we have seen enough of him to understand that he's not a QB1 for a Jets team that's competitive window is immediately right now. Like, he doesn't put you in the best situation to win football games. And quite frankly, I don't know that the mental aspect of it, and I've never played professional football. I don't know you know, Harry. I, I, don't, I, I feel like the moment gets big, sometimes he shrinks, shrinks small. Like, he's even kind of admitted to that sometimes in post-game press conferences and the well, this, it's a better way you could have asked me this you could have said Harry would you want to miss your quarterback there you go would, Harry, let me be ask no, you would it be no Shay <laughs> so that so what are you talking about you think Nathaniel Hackett can save him well no 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 I didn't say Nathaniel Hackett can save him I just want to see Nathaniel Hackett put a game plan together that sh- could be feasible for him like and that's you Which know is hand the ball off damn right <laughs> Which is, hi, I'm Zach Wilson, the quarterback today. All I'm going to do is hand the ball off. That's it. That's the Some, game plan. Sometimes you better get with the program. You can pick or, or be out of or, or be out of the league. I, but it's true, and I, I really I don't understand the weight game. Like I don't I don't get why I don't get why this hasn't happened yet. And I don't care who it is. I don't care if you go get Marcus Mariota. You're calling the Vikings about Kirk Cousins, and maybe you've exhausted all these options. I don't know, but at least tell me that so I feel like you're invested in finding another solution for this football team. Because I'm sorry, but Zach Wilson to me just feels like a, like a sitting duck. Like he can't. He's got no insurance policy. This is crazy. <laughs> and then I'm laughing so hard right now because I'm wondering how the his teammates feel right right about now after that game this past weekend. And and I'm I'm watching his interaction with Garrett Wilson on the sideline. And Garrett Wilson basically like, man, just throw me the ball. Just throw me the ball. But here's the thing. Like, I don't know if you can trust him to just say, hey, we're going to let you drop back and just throw the ball at will. I mean, I think we just and seen just that. We've seen that in the, in, in the past. You, you just answered your question. You can't trust him to throw the football? That's his job, Harry. What do you mean <laughs> you can't trust him to throw the football? Can you pull up the Jets schedule for me, someone, so I can see what these what these people have on deck? Cause it, it well, they have what? New England? This, At New England. The next game, they have the Kansas City Chiefs. They have the Denver Broncos, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Giants, and so, the Chargers. Okay. I, I would say if they lose to the Patriots and to the Chiefs, I think that's expected. Okay, if you also then lose to the Broncos, 
you've now wasted your entire season. Right? I agree, because it's going to be hard to come back from what? How are you going to come from that? One and four? With Zach Wilson. No, it's not happening. It's not happening. So if you could find a way to somehow split the game, like you can get one against the Patriots or the Chiefs, fine. But if you, because you're not going to beat the Chiefs, if you can find a way to get the Patriots, fine. But well, like, that's a, you, but but even that's not a a, a a go. They haven't beat the Patriots in forever. You thought this year was going to be the year with Aaron Rodgers that they finally get past the Patriots in that dark cloud. That's not even a guarantee. Like especially when you look at last year and how they lost those games to the New England Patriots, it it is depressing if you're a Jets fan. It truly is. Let's hear from Rex Ryan, our ESPN NFL analyst. He was on Get Up this morning, and he feels some kind of way about Zach Wilson. This Rex? kid drives me crazy, Which this kid? Zach Wilson. I'm going to tell you why. Why? Zach Wilson, he goes, I was seeing it really well early for three quarters. How about we were seeing it well? We were doing all right. And then at the end, he goes, there'll always be things we can clean up. How about you clean up yourself? Anytime it goes wrong, start with I, not we. When it goes well, start with we and not I. You got it ass backwards, kid. Yeah. <laughs> let's tell, let's, why don't you tell us how you really feel? Um, but this was a problem last year. You remember when they, he asked yep. about the defense, and, and it was the same thing. And that's basically what led him to being benched because it didn't sound like Salah thought he was mature enough. Okay, speaking of Robert Salah and this urgency to sign a veteran quarterback or any other quarterback, here's the head coach of the Jets on that whole situation. Do you, um, do you guys have any plans to add anyone to the quarterback room this week? Um, that's probably more of a question for Joe, but uh, um, not, not, I don't think so. Ay, ay, ay. It's just. But I, you I, also, if you, that was a bad spot Robert Sala was put in because he literally, as soon no, as he. Harry, no, he knows no, that question's coming every I, single press I, I, conference. I understand that. But as a head coach, do you really right, right then and there want to put it out there? Like that's, that's for the general manager to, <laughs> to, to speak just, on first. Can't you just say we're doing our due diligence? Let's just say we're doing our due diligence. Zach's our quarterback, but I think we all know we can do our due diligence. I mean, I don't know. Something. Like, he knows that question is coming. We all, It'll come again this week when we, he has another press conference. It'll come after the next game, especially if Zach Wilson plays bad. Like, be ready for it because it's coming. Like, but, I, see, I, but see, that's another thing, though. As a head coach, do you really want to shoot the little bit of confidence that Zach Wilson may have? By speaking on that situation. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's just part of life. Like, you, we have it in radio, too. Harry, if we can't perform to our highest capability, there's someone waiting in the wings. And if there's not, they're going to go hire someone. I mean, that's life. That's part of life. You have to be ready for that. Look at what Dak Prescott's dealing with. They went and got Trey Lance in the 11th hour just to have a backup situation. It was like, sorry, buddy. We know he was like the third overall pick, but he's going to back you up. And now it's a media circus for two days. Go be great. And he has been. Like, but find Shay, a way. I- I'll tell you, I've always had that mindset that you have. And I feel like you should be able to keep it real with any and everybody. What I've learned, though, playing in the National Football League, is that it won't always happen with quarterbacks. And and sometimes teams are nervous about doing it. I hate that because I believe in calling everybody out the same. But that's not always the case when you're dealing with quarterbacks when it comes to critiquing them uh, nationally in the media versus doing it behind closed doors or even doing it sometimes in front of the entire team. Like, you have coaches out there that, that won't do that. 
You're saying sometimes people are a little bit sensitive is what you're trying mm-hmm. to get at here. Okay, got it. Uh, this is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. Shay Cornette filling in for Freddie Freeman here on this show. We, as always, are presented by Progressive Insurance. Coming up, how important is it for the Steelers to bounce back tonight? Remember, we got an M Monday Night Football doubleheader, and the Steelers looked atrocious in week one against the Niners. So how important is the bounce back tonight? We'll discuss it next right here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. We are getting you set for a doubleheader on Monday Night Football on ESPN and on ABC. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM, Channel 80. As always, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Shay Cornette filling in for Freddie Coleman, not Freddie Freeman, let me be clear. And Harry Douglas here on this show. I have said Freddie Freeman. I don't know why I've got like the Dodgers on my, what is my problem? Anyways, let's talk about what we're going to see in Monday Night Football tonight. Uh, the second game of the doubleheader features the Browns and the Steelers. Steelers struggled in week one against the 49ers. And we say hello to Brooke Pryor, our ESPN Pittsburgh Steelers reporter, who I'm sure is on hand for this affair tonight on Monday Night Football. Brooke, thank you so, be- so much for being with us. Look, let's just get cut straight to it. Everyone wants to know, how important is it and can the Steelers turn it around from what we saw a week ago against the Niners? Well, uh, it's going to get a lot harder without Cam Hayward and Deontay Johnson. And, I mean, the Steelers have known that they're going to be without both of those guys for a little while. But it doesn't make stopping uh, Nick Chubb in the running game any easier. And it doesn't make getting this offense going any easier to know that they have time to prepare. Because, let's face it, they're – their options to replace Cam Hayward. I mean, it's going to be a by-committee approach with guys like Armand Watts and Keanu uh, Benton and DeMarvin Leal, but that's going to be, I think, a, a really big thing that, that they're going to have to figure out early because if Nick Chubb rushes for over 80 yards, believe the Browns have won or tied all of those matchups where that has happened, so that's been a huge indicator, and they've got to make sure that they stop him early. Otherwise, this one could get ugly fast. 
So, Brooke, there were big expectations for Kenny Pickens and George Pickens um, heading into this season. What should we, we should be expecting from this offense tonight against a very good defense in the Cleveland Browns? Well, uh, I think the hope here is that they don't start out with five straight three and outs. Um, I think that this is a team that needs to get going offensively early. This is a team that when they're playing from behind, good things are not happening. They need to get their run game going and get that established. And if they can feed the ball to guys like Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, I think that then as a byproduct opens up the pass game and maybe we'll see more of that picket picket to Pickens connection that we didn't see enough of, I don't think, in week one. That's going to be a huge key, especially with Deontay Johnson out. Um, George Pickens needs to be way more involved in the game plan than he's been so far. Brooke Pryor joining us now here on ESPN Radio. She's our Pittsburgh Steelers reporter ahead of Monday Night Football between the Browns and the Steelers. And look, I think after a week one loss like that, it's easy for guys to hold their heads down and things of that nature. Brooke, what can you just tell us about the attitude around the facility this week from both Kenny Pickett and then, of course, Mike Tomlin? Like, what is the mindset for tonight's game? You know, I think the mindset has been, hey, we're not going to tear it all down after one week. Week one did not go the way that they wanted to, the way that they thought it would, but that doesn't mean that they're going to, you know, scrap all the things they've been working on all offseason. I talked with people close to Kenny Pickett, including his quarterback's coach, Tony Rassiopi, who told me, like, Kenny Pickett is the most mentally tough guy he's ever worked with. And everybody else might be questioning these Steelers, but he is not going to. He's not going to question himself, his teammates, or his coaches. He's going to go out there and he's going to do what they call. And I think that if the rest of the organization embodies that attitude, they're going to be okay. But what they can't do is fall apart early because that's part of what happened last year. And it took a bye week to kind of refocus them and get them back on track. They can't afford to do that again. It it seems like this has been a slow starting team. They've started one and four each of the last two years. And one year they make the playoffs, but in a nail biter fashion last year, they the their destiny was out of their hands because of how they started. So I think that they need to get things turned around really quick so they're not in that similar position late in the season. Okay, well, we'll see what happens tonight. Again, Steelers and Browns, 8.15 Eastern p.m. T- uh, kickoff, rather. Uh, Steelers are at home, and Brooke Pryor will be on hand. Brooke, thank you for the insight. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Okay, that's Brooke Pryor. Again, we got Steelers and Browns coming up later tonight in a Monday night doubleheader of Monday night football. And so now we turn our attention to the Browns. Remember, Browns got a week one win against the Cincinnati Bengals as we say hello to Jake Trotter, ESPN NFL reporter for the Browns. And uh, Jake, thanks so much for being with us. Should we be expecting to see more of Amari Cooper tonight for the Browns after he did aggravate that groin uh, in practice? Yeah, they were very pessimistic that he was going to be ready to play after that injury late in Saturday's practice. You could just kind of feel the vibe in the locker room that they might be without him uh, tonight. And that's, you know, it's a big loss. Amari was a thousand yard receiver last year. He is a veteran, uh, a reliable target for Deshaun Watson. And if he can't go, if he is inactive, then they're going to have to rely on other guys like Elijah Moore, who they traded for this offseason, and Donovan Peoples Jones, their other starting receiver. And, Jake, what changes have you seen in quarterback Deshaun Watson this season compared to his first season in Cleveland in 2022? Yeah, he just seems more confident and in command of the offense. Uh, you know, their, their offense is much different now than it was the last time they were in Pittsburgh, which was the season finale last season. You know, a lot more checks at the line of scrimmage, a lot more RPOs that they have incorporated. They've given Watson a lot of – uh, leeway to, to change calls at the line of scrimmage. That quarterback draw that he scored a touchdown on against Cincinnati, that was his 
audible at the line. So it's just night and day from what they were last year when it was mostly a base offense in those six games. And then just in practice, um, there hasn't been as much of a distraction, obviously, compared to last season. And, and he's just been a lot sharper day in, day out. Yeah, and he's had the ability to truly focus a little bit more on football, obviously, this year. Um, joined by Jake Trotter, ESPN NFL reporter ahead of Browns and Steelers. It's the doubleheader of tonight's Monday Night Football games. Um, let's go to the defensive side of the ball here, Jake. What have you seen out of the defense with Jim Schwartz now taking over as the new defensive coordinator that makes you feel like this defense just has a completely different identity through only one week? Yeah, they're not sitting back anymore. They're, they're going after the quarterback. I mean, just short said it during training camp that they were going to bring a minimum of five pass rushers out after the quarterback on most downs. And you saw that against Joe Burrow, whether it was Miles Garrett from one side or actually in the middle of the field on a couple of plays or Zedaria Smith, their Pro Bowl addition from the other side. They just got more weapons up front. And off that, they're being a lot more aggressive than they were last year. And they really believe in their corners. Uh, Denzel Ward and MJ Emerson in particular, that they can hold up in man coverage when they bring the house. And that's what happened in that Cincinnati game. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase couldn't get any separation, couldn't get anything going. And so I think you're going to see a lot more of the same going forward. The Browns are going to try to get after the quarterback, force sacks, force negative plays, force turnovers, and just hope that their talented secondary that they've invested a lot of draft capital in can, can, can hold up and limit the number of big plays downfield. And Jake, I got to ask you about the tackle position. I played with Jack Conklin in Tennessee, and I know what he means to the Cleveland Browns offense and their offensive line. Losing a guy like that to the injury that he has, do you think the Steelers tonight will try to, you know, get T.J. Watt matched up over on that side, and do you think the backup is capable? Yeah, there's there's no doubt that that's what Pittsburgh is going to try and do, and I think that's a matchup that Pittsburgh has to exploit to win this game. They had Pittsburgh's defensive ends have to beat Cleveland's offensive tackles in this game. And I will say one thing about Dewan Jones. You know, when they drafted him uh, in, in day three out of Ohio State, I think they kind of viewed him as more of a long-term project. Like, we'll, we'll get this guy an active roster, and then two years down the road, hopefully he'll be ready to help us out. And it's just he has come in and, and I think exceeded expectations from the beginning. Uh, he's a little bit farther along in his pass protection uh, than he is in his run blocking. But I think tonight, if he can just hold up to some degree against, against Watt, then they'll feel really good about their chances tonight. Um, you know, that, that again, that's going to be a huge uh, matchup for him and a huge test. But he's played in a lot of big games in Columbus, and, and they're, they're actually pretty confident that he is going to be able to fill in admirably now that Conklin is out. It's a tall order. Can you hold up just all right against T.J. Watt? <laughs> we'll see how the rookie does. Uh, Jake Trotter, we appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight. Okay, thanks, guys. Jake Trotter, ESPN NFL reporter, joining us covering the Browns side of things as the Browns will take on the Steelers. It's the second game of our Monday, Monday night doubleheader. We also have the Saints and the Panthers going at it about an hour before that second game kicks off. And so uh, let's focus in on the Saints and Panthers game here now, Harry, for a minute. What do we need to see from Bryce Young? Remember, he took an L in week one, but rookie mm-hmm. quarterback, rookie mistakes. We understand all that. Now you get another chance at it. 
in prime time against a division opponent in the Saints. What do you expect from the rookie quarterback? I, I want to see if Bryce Young was able to learn from those mistakes, right? When you look at the Atlanta Falcons defense and who they're led by from a defensive coordinator perspective, it's Ron Nielsen. Where did he come from? He came from the New Orleans Saints. So a lot of things that he's going to see tonight, Bryce Young, that is, at the quarterback position, is kind of some of the sim- same similar things that he's seen from Atlanta's defense because of that uh, familiar defensive scheme that they that the, both of those teams run. So I want to see if he learned from his mistakes in week one in which he had two interceptions for, by Jesse Bates the third. When you look at the Saints and their player, their scheme, right, their players that they have defensively, when you have a guy like Marshawn Lattimore on the back end that can take away what you want to do offensively with your number one receiver. And I think that's a deficiency in Carolina is that they don't have a number one guy that's like a lot of, a lot of other teams' number one guy. So keep ball, keep the ball out of harm's way because when you give it to the other team, your chances of winning are going to be slim and none. Yeah, and I agree with you. I, I Bijan Robinson totally like outshined, it felt like, Bryce Young in terms of the rookies in that first game of the season. And so now this is kind of Bryce's young moment to shine. Again, he's finally in prime time and all the things. If you hear a small child, I'm sorry, it's my son telling me about his truck. Um, anyways, so uh, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing from Bryce Young this tonight and what is our first game of a doubleheader. And again, the number one overall pick. You know, we were over here talking about the offensive lineman that they took out of Ohio State um, in the second game for the Browns. And, and obviously, Bryce Young has played in his fair share of big big headline games being in Alabama, too. So I don't know that necessarily the bright lights will scare him away, but for sure, look, looking forward to seeing what he can actually do tonight. But Monday there's night, this- there's this guy named Tyron Matthew who they call a honey batcher and yeah. also is a ball hawk. Be mindful of where he's at at all times. Yeah, and he can get you. It doesn't matter how old he is. Monday Night Football Preview is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easily and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the Giants will be without Saquon Barkley for at least three weeks. We know this. How will they survive their upcoming schedule? We'll dissect it next. On Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. They may not be the top stories of the day. In other news. But you need to be in the know. This is In Other News. Let's get to some other news that we maybe touched on throughout the last four hours on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Shay Cornette filling in for Freddie Coleman, not Freddie Freeman today that I accidentally said a few times. The biggest uh, story outside of what we have going on today was probably Saquon Barkley. Um, Saw him getting helped off the field, and we found out that he does have an ordinary sprain, ankle sprain, that is. It will sideline him for about three weeks, Harry. So relatively speaking, I would say this is decent news for the New York Giants. Yeah, decent news, but uh, still bad news because you look at who the Giants have. They have on Thursday Night Football the San Francisco 49ers. They have Seattle, who just beat the Detroit Lions and gave them everything that they can handle. And then you have uh, the Giants at Miami and at Buffalo. Those are the next four games for this team. So I don't think they're going to be too excited about Saquon Barkley not being out there. It's also going to make it easier for the opponent to hone in on Daniel Jones as well. 
Yeah, that's true. I, I will say it was um, a welcome sight to see that the Giants not only rallied from being down to win the game against the Arizona Cardinals, but maybe did it a little bit for their teammate, too, in Saquon Barkley. And him having an ordinary sprain, not more to it, I think when we have heard the devastating news of Aaron Rodgers and so on and so forth, is good news for the Giants. They will get him back if they can just well, right the ship the well, next Well, Shay, hold weeks. on really quick, because I haven't heard from Devin today. Devin, how do you feel about that comeback by, uh-huh. by your Giants? Dad, you there? I feel great about it. Are you kidding me? What, uh, as opposed to what? Sure. As opposed no, no, to no. I'm losing? just saying. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just asking. Like, how do you feel like inside about that win, the comeback win? Though that's all I want to know. Listen, every game's hard to win in the NFL. It doesn't um, matter. You know, it doesn't matter who you're playing. Iron sharpens iron. We go week by week. Make the main thing the main thing. One and no mentality every, well, every week. Oh, okay. I hear both of you guys. Uh, enjoy that one win. It might be the only one you get in the next three or four weeks. I'll clip this off. Don't worry. Get that sounder. Where's the sounder? That's what we need. Uh, all right. Let's get no, that's not nice. We're talking about your team, not mine. All right. Let's get to let's get to another um, another thing, another news that we need to get to. Colorado State player and his family are receiving death threats after the hit. So if you remember... Um, Essentially, uh, we're hearing that Blackburn is the one that delivered the illegal, illegal hit on Travis Hunter in the first half of Saturday's game that led to essentially him being out with an undisclosed injury. We now have learned that it's a lacerated liver and it's going to keep him out about three weeks. But the Colorado State University Police Department and local authorities have looked into threats, including death threats against, uh, against the defensive back Henry Blackburn and his family. That's what the athletic director told Joe Parker, told ESPN on Monday. Monday. And I don't I I don't know if he meant to do what he did, but I, I this isn't cool. The death threats. I mean, look, I don't think anyone ever I, I like to think no one ever intentionally tries to really hurt someone to this degree. I don't know that death threats are necessary ever, ever. You know, it's ridiculous and it's stupid. And I remember Kyle Williams, a punt returner for the San Francisco 49ers. And I think it was a divisional round game. Muffed a punt and the death threats that he had received because of it and then it cost San Francisco to lose the game was crazy to me. But for fans to take it this far, uh, I think is out of control and the matter should be handled properly. Yeah, I mean, you and I have witnessed a lot. Like, I remember Cody Parkey, the kicker for the Bears, the double doink. Yep. Um, the death threats were coming in left and right, and he talked a lot about that. And it's just unfair that we have to go to that place. It's a football like, game. It's ex- exactly. Like, there's bigger fish to fry in the world. Yeah. Is it unfortunate what happened to him? Of course. But, like, come on. What are we talking about here, people? Staying with college football. Uh, Jalen Milrow, named Alabama starting quarterback uh, ahead of the SEC opener. Jalen Milrow, who started the first two games of the season but did not play against USF this past weekend, has earned the opportunity to be the quarterback moving forward, Nick Saban told reporters on Monday. Again, Alabama will play Ole Miss at home on Saturday to start SEC play. So here comes Jalen Milrow now. He can, he can you know, be excited that he for sure is the guy going forward. you like this move, Harry? Uh, yes, I do, because I've seen those other two quarterbacks. Uh, Ty Simpson was 5 for 9 for 73 yards, god-awful. Tyler Buckner, who transferred for Notre Dame, went 5 for 14, 34 yards. Oof. He was even more awful. So when you look at the three quarterbacks, Jalen Miro gave them the best chance. And I understand why Nick Saban made the, cha- the change, right? And this was the perfect week to do it. 
if one of those other quarterbacks were, were going to be your guy moving forward, you looked at this game, South Florida, before you play Ole Miss next week to give them an opportunity to see what they can do. Uh, the worst thing that could happen out of this entire ordeal that happened is that Jalen Milrow is now your starting quarterback. And moving forward, he does give Alabama the best chance to win games. Uh, I, I don't see if, if anybody else thinks otherwise after watching those other two quarterbacks this weekend, they're out of their mind, they're crazy, and they had big gargles on. Because <laughs> literally, it was not a pretty sight watching. I was watching at STK. I was at, at, at lunch with my wife. And watching this was very troubling to me. Yeah, it's like you can see why he wanted to just see what he had in the room, and then you can see why he went back to this decision. So yeah. here we are, Jalen Milrow now, the starting quarterback for Alabama moving forward. Also, in other news, in big news, it is National Cheeseburger Day. Some people might not celebrate this day, like like vegetarians around the world. I am not a vegetarian, and neither is Harry, and so this is a big day. <laughs> National Cheeseburger Day. I wish I had a calendar of these like ironic days because they happen every single day so that I could maybe like celebrate them. Like I would have had like a whole cheeseburger bar at my house. I know I'm working, but still, that would have been exciting. Um, but a, a National Cheeseburger Day, Freddie, is there – Freddie, Harry, is there a favorite cheeseburger that you have out there, like an In-N-Out burger, McDonald's? What's your I like favorite? Steak and Shake. I'm a big Steak and Shake fan. Steak and Shake, really? Yeah. I'm more of a Steak and Shake grilled cheese kind of gal. Not really into their cheeseburgers. You really? Well, That's your go-to? Well, there was this other place, like when I was playing for the Falcons, that was right down the street from the facility called Cheeseburger Bobby's, where whenever we had lunch. That sounds party, like a spot. We used to go to Cheeseburger Bobby's. That sounds like the spot. See, but Steak and Bobby. Shake is my number one, though. Steak and Shake. All right. My number one. Uh, I love uh, Shake Shack. I probably had too many of those burgers though when I was pregnant, so I don't know that I could ever have it again. I in Chicago, there's a place <laughs> called Oshaval that is my favorite cheeseburger. I'm ever. going to Chicago this weekend. I'm gonna be there, I'm gonna be there for three days. Bro, go, so I need go, to go. Go to Oshaval. Go to the OG spot in the West Loop because there's like a million. There's like small Cheval and all these all over the place. But you got to go to the OG spot in the West Loop and get a small Cheval burger and just ask them how to get it and get it that way. This is not like some like quick place though. It's a sit down situation, so it's like no, a little bit of a that. fancy cheeseburger, but it's so good. And you know what else I like about cheeseburgers on National Cheeseburger Day? Thin patties. I don't want the thick patties. Nope. That's I'm why I like. That's, what, that's why Steak and Shake is my number one. Like the yeah, smash like, burgers, and they also right? kick, they kick it, yeah. they, they cook it uh, fresh too. So I do love that about it. I do, I like that too. And you, they fresh, never frozen. You know that's the way to be nowadays. <laughs> that's the way to be. What um, kind of what kind of patty patties again, Shannon? Smash. <laughs> <laughs> Thin patties. Just smash, roll with that. Smash. Pause. Pause. Oh, that's oh, that's where the pause. They were explaining the pause to me on the show, and now I learned where it came from. Uh, all right. It, this has been fun, as always. Harry Douglas, the best. Uh, loved f- filling in for Freddie Coleman today here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Y'all are lucky because you get a double header of Monday Night Football. Week two continuing to roll on. Harry has been watching football since like the sun up today, and he's going to continue to do it tonight. Saints and Panthers here in the first game, and then it's Browns and Steelers in the second game. Can't wait for a little more Monday Night Football to come your way. I'm Shay Cornette. He is Harry Douglas. Amber and Ian coming your way next here on ESPN Radio. Enjoy the rest of your Monday night, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.